What happens is psychologically, if you're listening, whoever's listening to this podcast right now, your earbuds in, your brain just told you what I just said was important because I changed my tone, I changed my pace. Second thing is, is descriptive words. When everything is amazing and incredible and disruptive, nothing is amazing, incredible, or disruptive. What does the color yellow smell like? Let me ask that. Susanna, what does the color yellow smell like? Pay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have, I have, I have a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. Oh my gosh, Susanna Gray Jones is drinking wine. I love it. I am so jealous in the UK. You're drinking wine and I'm drinking coffee. You know there's wine. How do you know this it is looks wine? Like it might just wine. be a wine glass. It looks, <laughs> it looks like wine. And that that sexy laugh is Nick Capozzi, our guest today on this show. By the way, brought to you by... Sales Gravy. Hey, you guys, have you checked out Sales Gravy University? You really should go check that out. We got some awesome courses. Go to salesgravy.university and get all of the tips, tricks, and tools that you need to increase sales. But back to our special guest, Nick. I'm so excited to have you here because we have this awesome producer, Nian, who schedules our guests. And I'm like, wait a second. I know this guy. I know this guy, Nick. How do we know each other, Nick? I forget who introduced us, but I'd love to go back and find that out. But you and I had a conversation probably about a year ago, almost exactly. And uh, we hit it off because you had a, a background in improv and I was a broadcaster in Canada before getting into the cruise business. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm because you don't remember, I'm going to tell you. Okay. It was almost <laughs> two years ago, by the way. Been, but okay. Yeah. Okay. It was almost two years ago, September, 2020. The reason why I know this is I went back into my LinkedIn. I'm like, when did we have this conversation? And it was September, 2020. I sent you another message. Obviously you didn't read it. So go check that out. Hush. <laughs> so, Hush. <laughs> and oh I you got ghosted. <laughs> I got ghosted. No, I, um, no, I recently sent him this message when I heard that he was going to be on the show. And I talk about you, Nick. I talk about you in a lot of training when I'm doing, I don't say you by name, by the way, but I, when I'm doing, video messaging training. I yeah. talk about the guy. This is how this happened. No one introduces. I don't think, I think what happened was somehow you found me friended me or connection requested me on LinkedIn. And then you sent me a video message. Okay. Like we need to talk Gina. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy just sent me a video message. I don't know who he is, but now I feel compelled to talk to him. This is what we teach at Sales Gravy. And I'm like, I have to talk to this guy. And that's how we ended up talking. Someone, though, I'm telling you this, so I'm with you. But I remember distinctly, someone introduced us. Because I, I just looked at the message real quick. I did reach out to you. But I remember someone said, you need to meet Gina. I okay. it's, it burned in my head. All right. Well, we'll this is very <laughs> suspicious. No one remembers. Were you guys drunk? I mean, what's going on? What is going on? But it's very interesting. <laughs> well, it's a good story. Nonetheless, we're not giving you every piece of the story. We want to be mysterious. But speaking of story, I think that's why Nick's here today. Is that why you're here? Is that why? <laughs> is that I thought it was just here to hang out. <laughs> Are we talking about? I, I thought it's because I'm going to be in in England in a couple of weeks, and Susanna's going to give me some curry recommendations. Oh, that was it. You came it's here because I'm here. <laughs> That's I it. didn't get ghosted. 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's do Nick. Give give our audience, um, give our listeners just a quick uh, your 10 second, uh, you know, who you are, what you do story. 10 seconds. You can't do it in 10 seconds. No more. Canadian, went to college for radio, was in radio for five years, worked in the cruise business for 15 years ish. Now I'm in tech as an evangelist. I love that was amazing. What's the name of your company? Uh, demo stock. Okay. Awesome. Help you help you spin up a demo a tailored demo environment in minutes. What, what does that mean? Okay, so I'm learning this. I'm new. I've been so there's a whole thing called pre-sales, which we won't go down this path. Okay. But this is all be these sales engineers. And when I first heard their problem, I'm like, are you kidding me? That's a re- that's a problem because that seems like all encompassing. They have to basically create these faux demo environments to separate the backend data when they're showing off product. So this is an emerging space and DemoStack is the leader in it with the tech. Our tech is unbelievable. Basically clone the front end of your product, but separate the backend data. So in a, in a full environment, you can show off your product without, you know, all the security issues of having your backend data visible. How did you, how did, how did you get in? You weren't doing that when I last talked to you, were you? No, I wasn't. I was a consultant. I'm not, you want the story? Uh, yeah. Let's hear the story. We love, Tell us. there's going to be a lot of stories. Yeah. What's the story? Okay, so when I first got off cruise ships, I first took a VP of sales job for a manufacturing firm in Phoenix, where I live, because I thought that was the natural thing, you know, when I left cruise. And I didn't like it because it was like kind of old school. I was managing, I was basically managing a dashboard. I'm like, this is not where my skill set lies. So I quit, started posting content on LinkedIn. No intention, no Justin Walsh playbook. There was, I didn't know what product market fit meant 16, 17 months ago. I didn't know what an ARR was or an SDR was. It was all just acronyms to me. And, um, but I was posting about what I knew, which was sales presentation skills. That's what I taught in the cruise industry. And um, it took off like by accident. Um, suddenly I was a consultant and I wasn't making VP money like I did in, in cruise, but I was doing very well uh, kind of out of nowhere. So long story short, about a month ago, now it's uh, end of March, 2022. I post, I sent, put a post on LinkedIn and I said, I'm not enjoying this. I said, I'm like, I'm really fortunate that people like want to hire me to consult and help with this stuff. But all I'm doing is, you know, project managing people with founder syndrome. This is not fun. I wouldn't with what, do sorry? With? Founder syndrome. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I can come in with 25 years of sales experience and help you build a process and help get your team motivated and like that. Um, but you know, I'm dealing with startups and a lot of people, the, the struggle of going from the founder led sale in tech startups to actually scaling a team. Um, so anyway, long story short, I put a post up. I said, I don't want to do this. This is not fun. I don't want to work for myself anymore. I want to be part of something bigger. I'm used to on a cruise ship, 4,000 guests, 1200 crew. I would interact either spoken or visual with like a thousand people a day. And now I'm in my beautiful condo in Phoenix, 23 hours a day. So it's like a beautiful prison. And I said, I want to do what I did in cruise, which is a mix of live events, partnerships wrapped up in content. Who wants me career free agent? This was literally a month ago. Um, I was very fortunate to have built a, a, a good following on LinkedIn. I had a lot of interest right away. Demo stack was like, what do you want this to be? And I said, this is like my dream scenario. Like these three things, this is how I see it working. And they're like, we love that. Can, can we make this happen? And that's it. It's like wow. our, all from one post. Yep. Lives are so parallel. Because when I we, remember that from our first conversation too, Gina. We got to meet in person. I know. This is what I'm saying. Like the last time we talked, our lives were parallel. And then our lives took these different directions and they're parallel again. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Because we were both like doing our own thing. Yeah. And then right before, like right before... Like when I talked to you last, 
September 2020, I had just started um, working for Sales Gravy as an independent contractor. I started designing, actually sold, like gave Jeb my first course to put up. And then with everything, the way it was going on in 2020, he's posted something on LinkedIn that he, they, that he was hiring trainers. And I called him and I said, why not hire me? <laughs> hire me. And he's like, but you, have, but you have your own business. I'm like, no, I'd rather sell jet blunt. Yeah. Listen, I get that. That makes a lot of sense to me. You know, for me, it was to like, I, I spent 16 months making it all work, but I didn't find my own product market fit. And I kept trying to find that. Yeah. How does the cruise guy become suddenly in tech? How does that work? Yeah. But it was funny. I was in Austin last week. So one of the big communities I got involved in was Thursday night sales. And, um, I was actually in Austin last week and I was talking to Scott Lease, and I'm like, you know what, like, you know what I am, Scott, is you take uh, an executive. That's who introduced us. I think it was Scott Lease. Okay. I'm sorry. Go on squirrel. So (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Go on. No longer a mystery. I I told Scott Lease, I said, I'm what happens when you take like a career cruise ship guy who knows nothing about tech and you drop him in Thursday night sales for 18 months. This is what you get. Now I'm, I'm, I'm the head of storytelling, which is a marketing evangelist role with demo stack. Right. But that's because of Thursday night sales and LinkedIn. I love that. But I, I think the I think the big lesson here for our listeners as well is if you if you want to do something, you just you have to come up with a strategy and take some action on it of like how how am I going to take this to where I want it to go and be be mm-hmm. strategic about it, right? So it sounds like you were going down this path of like, how do I go from this to this? Right. And I could totally relate to that, especially because I had also been simultaneously running an improv comedy theater that got shut down um, during COVID. And and part of the problem that I would run into as a sales trainer was there were a lot of people that wouldn't take me seriously because they kept thinking of me as improv, 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 which was just one modality of what I was doing, but it pigeonholed me. So that's super interesting. And so here's how I got around that. So I worked for a third party company and we ran all the duty free And at the end, I was a VP of revenue for this company. And we had the contracts for eight cruise lines. So it was like Disney, Norwegian, all in America. I'd worked on Royal Caribbean. I'd worked on Celebrity. I lived at sea for 10 years. I could be a Netflix original series just sitting on a couch telling you cruise ship stories. It would blow your mind. (laughs) But how does that pivot now? Because people like the cruise, they're like cruise. Oh, that's interesting. But then you weave in Disney. So Disney was really the hammer to not make me look like someone who had no tech experience or wasn't you know, involved in startups from straight out of college. So Disney opened a lot of doors. Mm. I think what's so inspirational for our listeners, about both of you is that you both just thought, do you know what? There's not a box that I'm going to fit into a natural box that I'm going to fit into, but I'm going to go out there and find it based on what I want. Now, how many people do you think there are listening who want to have the courage to do something like that, but they can't find the courage. So have you guys got any advice for people like yourselves who are maybe stuck doing something that they think they have to do and they're not very happy doing it and they want to branch out? Mm. I mean, I can go for days on this. So Gina, why don't you start? Oh gosh, I was going to tell you to start. Um, I We keep your answers to 10 seconds, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this really is, it comes down to personality and mindset, in my opinion, right? And I, I think uh, the cloth that I was cut from um, raised by the type of father I was raised by. I just have a mindset of like, if you want something, you just figure out how to get it. And to me, that's a mindset of how do I change the, 
the direction? How do I change the path? If mm-hmm. I don't like the path I'm on, there's always another path. And P.S. If there's not another path, then you get out a plow and you plow the path. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to challenge that because of course you are. People- you love to challenge me. Go ahead. Nick's probably like, uh, we will get back around to you, Nick. Sorry. She's just like to fight with me. Bantering. I'm listening to the women that yeah, my mom warned me about. Me. Me. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Which is another question. Um, but I want to just ask you, because I have a lot of friends who, like you, they have those ideas. They think, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And then there's that voice, that voice inside their heads. And that voice that says, what if, what if it doesn't work? What if it, it fails? It's not their voice. Yes. It's other people's voices. Yes. 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 It can be. It can be. Yeah. But not, not can it be. Is. That's what it is. Because that self doubt yeah, comes other from people. other people. Because inherently, inherently, no matter how much angst, internal angst you have, you still you can look in the mirror and be honest with if you can if you can look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Yeah. You know what you're good at, right? So I'm going to tell you a true story that I've never told Ooh. anyone. Well, I've told a couple of people, but I've never. It's an no, expose. It's what are you willing to sacrifice to do what you want to do? So when I quit the VP of sales job for the manufacturing firm, that was, that was me taking the first leap of, mm-hmm. I don't cruise is now we're in COVID. So I can't go back to cruise, mm-hmm. right? That, that was off the table. And really, how do you pivot from cruise? No matter what I did, like I, my quota was a, it was a, I won't say it good, but it was a lot. Like people were shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually went out. So I said, if I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to go out and I'm going to drive and deliver food for two nights and see if I'm willing to do it. And I did. And I said, this sucks, but you know what? I want to do this so bad that I'm willing to do this nights and weekends if I have to, so I can do my own thing during the day. Never had to deliver food, but I went on and I tried it. And I think that's where the disconnect is for a lot of people is I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He's like, well, look, my nut is this. I have to make this every month. I'm like, okay, great. So save up for six months and cover three months. Yeah. But then, but then I'm like, but who's talking? Is that you? Is that your partner? Is that your parents? Is that your friends? Who's actually Mm -hmm. talking? Like take a step back. And, And he's like, that's actually really interesting. I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination of the inner voice. Um, that is your insecurity that's your insecure self. And that insecure self is uh, cultivated by those other voices. So think about any time you've wanted to take something on and your friends are like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Like, I remember the first time I started a business, people were like, mm-hmm. oh, you want to do that? I don't know. That's going to be, I don't know if that's a good idea, right? They're, they're projecting onto you their own fears of why they wouldn't mm-hmm. do it. We actually teach we teach this in selling the price increase at sales gravy. I know it's a shameless plug, but projection, I know. <laughs> hey, got to do it. But, but projection, right? We we often project our feelings onto other people. So I think if you have a dream and other people are projecting onto you um why they would be afraid to do it, we we as as humans we're looking for validation. Like I'm looking for validation mm-hmm. of my idea. So I go into my friends and family and then I don't get the validation because instead they're projecting their own feelings if they were the people doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that also comes down to being how much you really want that thing. How, what really yep. drives you? Because 
a lot of us don't like doing sales calls and a lot of people will be listening to this and thinking, I hate doing sales calls, but I still do them because it gets to me to where I want to be. And it's like what you were saying, Nick, about, you know, you did something you didn't want to do just to kind of make you get to the end result. And that it takes courage and not everyone wants change. That goes back to what Nick said. What are you willing to sacrifice to do what you want to do? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And you understand too, I came, I grew up in Montreal, which is a city, a city of immigrants because like my Italian grandfather, my Irish grandfather, no one was yeah, hiring them. Yeah. Right. So you had to really go out and create your own job. Right. Yeah. So there's a real entrepreneurial spirit in Montreal where I grew up. And then I, I saw a very successful, um, you know, uh, three of my aunts were very successful. One of them had a huge exit years ago before that was a thing. Um, so I saw these people, you know, having success. And I'm like, well, listen, I'm cut from the same cloth. I can do this too. I just have to yeah, find I think North that's, Star. I think that's a compass. great point, Nick, because coming from, you know, my my dad was firstborn generation Italian, but raised in that same kind of mentality because my grandparents came here from yeah. Italy and Italians were very much discriminated against, more so than the Irish um, uh, early on in the early 1900s because the Italians couldn't speak English. Even in the yeah. 50s and 60s, even in the 50s they couldn't and 60s, speak English, right? At least the Irish could speak English, but you had the combination of darker skin and we didn't speak the language, right? So that that created some serious discrimination that these people came over to this country with a dream and they had to work really hard to get there. So there was a different kind of work ethic. And, and that's the kind of work ethic that got passed on to my dad that got passed on to his kids. Yes. And you see that a lot, don't you, with people who come from abroad, yeah. um, who feel like they've got to prove something and they work a lot harder. That seems to be a very common thing. Nick, I've got a question for you and I'm just curious. And if I don't ask now, I won't know. This could be really obvious, but on your LinkedIn, it says two times top 10 LinkedIn sales superstar. <laughs> that sounds impressive. <laughs> What's that mean? So Scott, Scott Ingram, who you should be following from Sales Success Media. Uh, he's got a great okay, time. I know him too. Maybe, maybe that's who introduced us, but go on. As one of the Scots, go on. <laughs> but uh, he runs this list and basically it's based on engagement. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like your likes plus comments divided by the amount of followers yeah. you have. And it's to show engagement. And part of the reason that I kind of hung my hat on that was I actually don't have a lot. I have like 55, 5,600 followers on LinkedIn. And the reason is, is that to get an impression of a, of a credit for an impression on a text-based post, I can just scroll on my phone right past Gina's post or Suzanne's post and you get credit. Almost everything I do is video. So you have to stop, click play and watch for three seconds to get the credit mm-hmm. for that. Ah. So, yeah. Good so test. what it showed or how I positioned it when I was, you know, going out and like teaching these skills to people was that my audience was tiny, but it was mighty because they were way more engaged because I used video. And to Gina's point, we started the conversation. I was memorable to you, Gina, because I sent you a yeah. video message. Yeah. When we first met. That's just what I do. When people connect with me, listen, a lot of people connect with me that are like, you know, trying to sell me something. But when someone connects whose industry and I look at what they do, I send a video message. I send a 10, 15 second video. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to virtually meet you. If we're in the same town, let's grab a coffee. Yeah. Changes the dynamic, right? So yeah, that's, I love that. Yeah. So that's, that's why it was, it was really to highlight that if you use video, you're, you're cultivating a much more engaged group of people that are interacting with you. And it's quite simple, isn't it? You know, a lot of people aren't using video who should be or could be. It constantly amazes me. For example, on LinkedIn, the amount of messages I get every day and I never get videos. I would love a video, 
send me a video, you know, send me a voice note. I built my business on videos, voice notes, and yet no one else has caught on. This is making me a lot of money. Please, everyone else do it. But um, Nick, I, I wanted to say something to you because I genuinely think you're probably one of the only people or one of a couple in the whole world who has a title called head of storytelling. And there was something that I glazed through on your LinkedIn about selling a thousand watches on cruise ships by telling a thousand stories. I want to know more about that. Can you tell us? Oh, this is such a great story. So what we did on cruise ships, I was, I was in radio when I was a kid, I knew I wanted to work in radio. So I went to Humber college in Toronto. I was in radio and TV for about five years. And one day at a party, someone said, Hey, can you do that cruise ship thing? Or can you do that radio thing on a stage? And I said, of course I stepped onto a cruise ship in Miami. And uh, what we did was we pitched the luxury duty free. When you think duty free, you think liquor, perfume, but the reality is mm-hmm. it's Swiss watches and high-end jewelry, Chopard, Cartier, Bulgari. Um, so people would, these brands would buy like literally by the second. So I would be pitching like 60 products in 60 minutes. So I have like 10,000 hours on a stage pitching to 500 people at a time. But if I'm pitching 15 different brands of Swiss watches, how do I differentiate this one brand from another? Especially when the reality is, frankly, they're all owned by the same umbrella company, <clears throat> Swatch. So how do I distinctly, how do I take these, these beautiful artisanal, like the work that goes into a beautiful Swiss watch is stunning. I mean, it's, it's engineering and art wrapped up in one. It really is powerful. Um, so how do you make those stories distinct? How do I tell about, well, I'll say one, like the Raymond Weil is still a family owned Swiss watch company. So I can position that differently because it's still owned by, you know, the, the children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. Um, but then there's another beautifully crafted watch that's owned by a conglomerate, but it's still a beautiful watch. So how do I tie in its historical story? But they're all out of like the Basel area of Switzerland. So it's like, you know, it's like if I, if I went to, um, you know, wow. Okay. If I went to London and you took me Susanna to 15 different Indian restaurants and we had the same type of curry, we had a korma, a shrimp korma in every one. How do I tell a distinct story about all 15 of those same dishes? Right? So. That's a long-winded way to say that I was forced to develop ways to explain things in different ways and highlight different things and, and use different words. Even if I'm describing the same thing for product A, I'll use one word mm-hmm. for product B, I'll use a different word. Hi, this is Jeb Blunt. There's a reason why thousands of sales professionals and top companies across the globe honed their sales skills at SalesGrave University. You see, SalesGrave University is different than most learning platforms. First, we have live courses taught in a virtual classroom by our master trainers that start almost every single day. And our e-learning platform is populated with hundreds of hours of sales training content produced by some of the top sales trainers in the world, including Gina's spontaneous selling course, which is worth checking out. Now, I've got some good news. If you've never taken a course on SalesGrave University, if you're a new user, you can take your very first course for free. That's any course on the platform, absolutely free. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com or click the e-learning tab in the top menu at salesgravy.com, pick out your course, and when you check out, use coupon code FREECOURSE to get that course for free. That is free course to get your very first course for free. 
I, I get the concept. I totally get the concept. Gina also talks a lot about um, storytelling in, in, in her training at Sales Gravy. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I Socially, I try to be one of those people to tell stories. I've seen other people do it and I try, you know, I, I really try and people get bored. So what kind of advice? Yes, it's one thing telling a story, but how can you keep people engaged? Two things. One uh-huh. is, so this is super interesting. Have you ever shopped for a new car and you keep seeing that car now everywhere? Yes. hundred uh-huh. percent. Okay. okay. So let me tell you what that is. That's because our minds are overwhelmed with information. What happens is, is we filter out and we tell our brains what is important and what we need to pay attention to. So when you're mm-hmm. shopping for that new car, you see it everywhere. It's the same thing when you're talking. So the reality is, is that most people talk in the same tone and at the same page throughout. So the problem with this is that I'm telling you right now that you're going to tune me out because this isn't so important, but if you play with pace and sometimes you get a little bit heavy, sometimes you get a little bit light, just like 10%, just these small variations. And then you occasionally pause. What happens is psychologically, if you're listening, whoever's listening to this podcast right now, your earbuds in, your brain just told you what I just said was important because I changed my tone. I changed my pace. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, is descriptive words. When everything mm-hmm. is amazing and incredible and disruptive, nothing is amazing, incredible, or disruptive. What does the color yellow smell like? Let me ask that. Susanna, what does the color yellow smell like? P. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have, I, have, I have a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> Normally on that, I would get like lemon or banana because what I'm doing is, is I'm painting the idea. I've been letting you determine in your mind how you want to paint that. But the point is it's descriptive and it changes the way you start thinking about it. You stand back and now you're like, okay, this story has changed now. I'm paying more attention to the story because of the words now mixed with the tone and the pace. Jeb refers to to that as an illusory effect. And it's something, it's something that we actually teach at sales gravy uh there's something let me do this to you guys hold on i'm stealing that <laughs> let me write that down hallucinatory yeah. effect is that effect with an e, a or e, e? Um, <laughs> hey we're here we're here to serve we're here to serve at sales gravy so i can't believe i just mentioned e. <laughs> I, well you know everyone's yeah so along those same lines you know i'm for those who are just listening i'm i'm showing um i'm showing a piece of paper on video i'm like what color do you think this paper is that I'm holding? What color is this paper? <laughs> Anybody? White. 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 And you see that thing where it says Gina's Otter on the screen? Uh-huh. The font. What color is that font? White. And then behind me where it says one more call and it's got the it's got that border around it. What color is the border? What do, what do cows White. drink? Milk. Water. I fell into the trap. Isn't that amazing, right? If you read like Sapiens, the book Sapiens, the Mm -hmm. the history of humankind, everything we know is about storytelling. Always by the victors, right? So there's, you know, keep that in mind. But the reason that we came out of like the jungles, right, and became civilized society was because of our ability to tell stories. Yeah. Have I answered all your (laughs) questions, Susanna? Never. I've always got more questions. I've always got more questions. Do you feel like you're not a good storyteller, Susanna? <laughs> I'm a good questioner. I'm a good, I'm, a, I'm good at asking questions. You know what I think you should do? What? You should sign up for 
selling with stories. And I'm really, Gina, why should I, why should I sign up for it's that? It's an amazing <laughs> workshop offered by Sales Gravy University. I think you should take that course. I've heard great things about it. As a matter of fact, um, there's another session of it tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. Send me an invite. <laughs> yeah, can I get an invite to that, Gina? How do you like that? Huh? 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 Sorry, do you have another question? I do. I do. I do. Um, I want to know. I've got lots of questions, but I'm going to ask this because I think it's interesting. What are you most proud of that you've achieved? So you've achieved a lot, but what would you say is your moment of pride? That I can post on LinkedIn that I want to do something different and enough people that I have enough, you know, I've done enough on LinkedIn in such a short period of time that a lot of people were interested. You know, what's interesting. I was talking about, if that seems like a simple answer, it's not because it really, to me, that was like a, um, a really interesting point in my life. Cause you know, when I talk to people, I've done like cool things. Like I've worked in radio, I've worked on cruise ships. Like, you know, I I've sold like, you know, high end product. Um, I post videos, I post funny videos on LinkedIn. That was what I do. So everything I wanted to do, I've done. I've checked all those boxes. I've had a TV show. I've worked in radio. I've traveled the world. So like, what's next? I was just going to, I was just going to ask you that because someone posed that question to me yesterday, right? They heard me cause I do, I'm a lot. Of, I, I tell a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. And they heard me and I sprinkled them into my training. And in this training, I talked about the new house I just bought and my upcoming wedding and all the things happening. And thank you. And, and someone goes, what now? What, what's next? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, enjoying it all. Mm-hmm. That's what's next. I think there's something about, we put ourselves too on, on in this pressure of, Oh my God, what's next? I've done that where this is where you see people, you know, they reach a pinnacle of, of meeting a goal and then they actually plummet a little bit. Well, they plummet because they've hit the goal and they're like, Oh my God, now what? They put all that energy into it. And instead of going, all right, I hit the goal. Let me just rest for a minute here to, to re energize for the next thing. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting. Sorry, Suzanne. I just want, I wanted to add to that, that one thing that I, I've realized now at, I'm 45 years old is that it's not the goal anymore, right? It's the enjoying the process exactly. of getting to the goal. I am actually, with what I'm doing now at DemoSec, and it's not because I'm at DemoSec now, but what I'm doing now is the, of all the things I've done, the coolest thing I've ever done. I am so happy like even like when I was on cruise, it was amazing. Every day was a beautiful day. I used to have to open up my little drapes and, uh, on my porthole to remember what island I was at because I was in a mm-hmm. different country today. But what I'm doing now is so much fun and so cool that I'm like, I'm just, I'm enjoying this ride. Interesting because 10 years ago, did you have the same, I mean, maybe you did have the same attitude on the cruise of no, being, okay, yeah, that's my question is like, how mindful are we um, with what we are doing to really go, hey, let me enjoy this moment. I know that I have, again, parallel lives moving into working at Sales Gravy after running my own business for 12 years. I love what I do. Like there's a different passion for it, right? Mm. For me totally to keep, for me to like, I don't know. I just, I just embrace it differently. 
And don't you think sometimes though, you think you're happy and you think you've reached that goal. And then it just takes you to remove that thing to think, Hey, actually I've removed something from my life that I didn't actually enjoy. Sometimes we don't know until something has been taken away. We're interesting creatures, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Casey Graham, who's the CEO of gravy, the the company gravy, not sales gravy. (laughs) He he actually put out an interesting book uh, recently. And part of it was telling about his story of how he built gravy and the goal was to get gravy to a certain point. And then he got there. um, Sorry, his previous company before gravy, I apologize. And he got to where he wanted to be. And then he was like, what's next? And he was not in a good place. Mm. And it was because everything was to get, was to climb that peak. Right. Mm -hmm. Now in my mind, I've climbed the peak and I'm on a plateau. Yeah. And I'm just walking down this nice grassy path. Yeah. And the sun is, the sun is shining and life is good. And I'll tell you this, I will never go back to a place or do anything ever again where I don't enjoy the process as much as I'm yeah. enjoying the process right now. Cause how yeah. do I go back? I've seen, I've seen Nirvana. How do I go back? Yeah. That, that That's a really good point. I think we have been conditioned to want, 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 want. Consumerism, mm-hmm. right. It's capitalism. Yeah. Like we're, mm-hmm. what's the newest thing we need. Yeah. Right. The latest thing. What's the next thing that is going to um, give us the next high versus mm-hmm. let me just enjoy this what this is and you could relate it to money right the more money we get the more money we think we need um the more money we get the more money we spend but yeah don't get me wrong i'm a i'm a major capitalist i love i love to me love i love to make me some money it gives me the life i want but it is giving me the life that i want to have a life where i can actually enjoy things yeah but you know what Susanna, you popped up the book when we were talking the power of now by Eckhart. Yeah, I love uh, that book. And, Such a and great I think, book. you know, I read, I read like the first chapter of that book and I didn't need to read it anymore because it was about just being present in the moment. Yeah. And as soon as I read that, it, and it's been a journey, like I probably read that for the first time, like actually probably about 10 years ago. And I'm like, okay, I get that. Let me be in the moment. Let me enjoy. Let me look outside. I'm, I'm literally looking out my window in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm looking at palm trees. The sky mm-hmm. is blue. I'm looking at a fountain with a pool. I mean, it's, I mean, how do I not enjoy it? I'm talking to you too. And I bet lots of people who live near where you live don't enjoy things like that. And how many times do we take away our mobile phone and it's painful. It's really painful. But then two hours later, we're like, ah, oh, I really enjoyed that. I noticed things that I didn't think I would notice. Um, it's so true. We, we, we all, it's all around us and we forget to live it sometimes. You know, my kid, my daughter was 11 and a half, almost 12, is actually shockingly present all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the rare time that I'm not, she'll pull me out of it and be like, let's go for a walk, dad. Let's go through the nice old houses, the historical houses. Here I downtown. love that. Yeah. And I, I don't know where she gets it from because for me, it's been a journey. You know, maybe it's the generation. I don't know. Um, but she's very present and enjoys mm-hmm like enjoys little simple things that I, that I would not have enjoyed at that same age. Mm. Although I remember at that age when we didn't have all the things mm-hmm. that, that that was a different time of, you know, we didn't have phones. All you young ones, we did not. Mm. <laughs> what did we, we had, I had to use a pay phone and the phone in the house. And we're trying to get quarters. Yeah. And that's the visualization I just went to. I remember like, trying to find quarters to make a call that I didn't want my parents to hear. 
Right. <laughs> what call was that? I'm not talking about it. Storytelling. Storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> Some stories cannot be told. But you know what? You just painted a great picture. And that's simple. Just by saying, I remember that because there was conversations I didn't want my parents to hear. Well, you just told a great story there, even though yeah. it didn't mm. go into detail, right? You painted she the picture. because suspicion. Well, but both of our minds, Susanna, went down the path of what could that be? Now I'm intrigued, yeah. right? Now you've pulled me in. Yeah. Well, that, Some could say that's manipulative. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is part of, of what storytelling is about. It's about, and this is something that I, I teach, especially in creative, the creative selling course is when you're creative, it creates, it creates a mystery. It creates intrigue. Like story can create that if you tell it in a certain way, it peaks in interest. Why do, why do people go to the movies? Why do people binge on certain shows? Like a powerful story will pull us in. We, we like that. We connect to that. So I, I think because I've done this for so long, um, you could call it manipulative. I can call it artful, right? Well, I don't think it's manipulative at all. I, I think that was, no, I don't. You didn't like that. <laughs> I saw your face. But um, what I mean is Gina, Gina, she, she, she will say, oh, there's a story about this. Ha, 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 but I'm not going to uh, tell you. Okay. That. That's, that's different. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm following yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. All right. All is forgiven. She's not actually manipulative. She's lovely. <laughs> You know, it's interesting. So one of the things that I did recently, so I started as a, as a joke about five weeks ago, picking people up from the airport in Phoenix. So don't take an Uber. If you're in tech, don't take an Uber, call me, I'll pick you up and we'll record the conversation. But the thing was, was that people thought it was for me, the content. And, they, and I started to get asked, are you going like, to put, I'm like, no, it's not for me. What I'm doing is coaching people. I actually put a video of me coaching someone. I'm on, I'm off camera. You can't see me. You can just hear me mm -hmm. a couple of times, but I'm coaching them on how to make really great kind of short form, short clip content, tell short stories real fast, right? So I think, you know, as great, of, as, as great as it is to be a great storyteller, I think if you can help other people tell their stories, I think that's even more powerful because so many people don't know how to do it on their own. So how do you pull mm. it out? Well, that, that, yeah, that's, that's a big piece of this, right? Especially in the sales process. It's not just about the story you tell, right? The, these are things that I teach, right? I, in that, in the course that I do teach, I'm teaching you how to tell story, especially when it comes to a customer story. How did we help a customer? And when you can tell that story to a, a, a prospect, they can start to visualize themselves in the story, right? So that that's very powerful. At the same time, or on the you know to the opposite of that, in a discovery process of trying to get to know a prospect, we want to pull the story out of them and give them the platform to tell the story so that we can learn about them and create a, a trust with them because mm -hmm. we're not doing the talking. We're letting them talk about themselves and they're actually telling us a story without us saying, tell us a story. Like when it comes to coaching um, and, and our inbound coaching leads, I, I will literally say, Hey, you reached out to us about coaching. Tell me, tell me why, like what's going on. And they'll go on for 15 minutes about what's going on. It's their yeah. why now, right? It's yeah. Christine Rogers from Aspireship told me that. She's like, what is their why now? Because yeah. you can really find why now. Well, no, we're looking into this type of product. Yeah, but why now? Great. We're just We've been talking about this for, you know, a couple of months. But, but why today? Why are we having this? Oh, because you know what? Actually, every three months, the manager comes out of the office yelling and screaming because of this. Ah, okay. 
Yep. Now mm-hmm. I know what yeah. chord to strike if I'm having this conversation, yeah. right? It's awesome such a question. it's such an awesome question. It's such an awesome question to like I've said that. Like why why are you reaching out to us right now? Like what's going on right now? My sister once turned around and said to me, I, I remember saying, That person's so boring. And she said, Susanna, the minute that you think someone's boring, you become boring. And I was like, hmm. And mm. I thought about that over the years. And I think it's so true. I think there are so many people out there who are very unassuming. But if you ask the right questions, have some incredible stories. So it's funny you say that. Part of the reason I was on cruise so long was I love talking to these elderly people because they had such fascinating stories. Yes. You know, I met people who were related to royalty. I met people who, you know, whose parents had a farm that just wound up being in a city that blew up and they became, you know, almost billionaires. Uh, just these interesting, these stories of how people met, you know, because when you're on a cruise, there's lots of time to talk. And that was a big part of, so we, I was social selling in 2000. Like we talked about it now on, on social media, but that's what I did. I would go, have, I never sold anything. I would just go have conversations. Or I would solve problems for people. This was another thing I would do. This is interesting because I, I, if I can figure out how to replicate this in tech, this would be really interesting. But what I used to do is, so I was a salesperson and on embarkation day, that's when all these 4,000 guests come on. And this is the craziest day. And guest relations is like overwhelmed. And you have all the senior staff, hotel manager, assistant hotel manager, F&B manager, housekeeping manager, all in the main lobby area trying to solve problems. But they were really there for show, most of them, right? The, the, the senior officers. I'm going to get wrapped on my knuckles for that comment. If anyone from Cruz is listening, but that's what it was. So I would go to this line that had like 80, 100 people in it. And the reality was half the people didn't need to be in that line. There was an easier solution. So I would go up and I would say, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I was, I'm Canadian at that time. So I'd be, sorry, sorry, sorry. If a Canadian doesn't say sorry three times, if they just say sorry once, it's passive aggressive. If they're really sorry, it's three times. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I'm not guest relations, but can I just find out what your question is? Because maybe, maybe I can, you're not in there. Oh no, this is the line you want to be. Oh no, actually, you know what? You don't need to be in this line. You should see that line over there with one person, not 80. That's where you need to be. Are you kidding? No. Thank you so much. And they would look at my name badge. What do you do? And I'd say, oh, you know, I guess we're having a duty-free conversation tomorrow. You should come. But that's what I did. I would just go and solve people's problems. And again, I never pushed. It was always a pull, you know? Yeah. And it helps that you're quite good looking as well. You know, those kind of things help. Are you, are you flirting with him? No, I'm married. I I hope for a ruggedly handsome these days. I'm not pretty anymore. I'm just saying it probably helped with all those old ladies. It depends on how you define pretty, right? I like ruggedly handsome. I would agree with that. I think you're ruggedly. I mean, I think you have a ruggedly handsome voice. No works too. I'll take it. Awkward. <laughs> Wait, look, look and look at his smile. Oh my gosh, we are borderline <laughs> sexual harassment here. I've got a question for you, Nick. On that note, <laughs> sorry. Let me, let me stop blushing. <laughs> Describe who do you think the women that your mother warned you about are? My mother didn't warn me about anyone, frankly. <laughs> so. So it was all good. No, I, I met them. They, they were all on cruise ships. <laughs> uh, where's, where's the paid for content? Where's oh the after hours late gosh. night cruise ship stories? Oh my God. We got We got to get uh, create like a Patreon channel for that. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Uh, uh, Susanna, do you have your uh, do you have one of your special questions for us to wrap up the show? Oh, yes, I do. And oh, I've got a good go. one. I've got a good one. And this question is for you, Nick. Um, would you rather? That's what we do at the end of these these podcasts. We give you a would you rather and you have to choose which one you would rather do. So would you rather live forever or wake up every day with a superpower? Oh, the latter. The superpower. I don't want to live every day. No. You don't want to live forever? No. Why? Well, because I think, <laughs> how deep do you want to get, Susanna? How much time do we have? <laughs> we don't frankly, get that much time, Susanna. <laughs> Ten seconds. Uh, we're the universe experiencing itself. So I, I'll, frankly, I kind of feel like I'm already living forever anyway. Give me the superpower. That'd be fun. Okay. What about you, Gina? Wait a second. Wait a second. Now I got to ask the question about the question. What superpower? Mm. Oh, I think <laughs> I'd love to fly. I think that'd be pretty cool. Okay. You know? You okay. personally fly, like, with wings. No, not wings. Like, just so I can tele- teleport or levitate or... Actually, you know what? I take that back. Oh, hold on. Let me be able to travel. Let me travel through time. Let me travel through time. Yeah, because then I'll go and I'll bring my iPhone and I'll go to like 1860 whatever, you know, in the Renaissance. And I'll be like, hey, hey, Leonardo, let's have a chat, buddy. Let me interview you. Yes. Okay. I say say ditto. I'm going to copy Nick because we live parallel lives. I'm going to copy. We should do it together. You know what? If you're in tech and you're building a time machine and you want a couple of evangelists, we're right here. Yes. I'm on board. So you go back, not forward. Both. All the above. Both. But I'm living forever. So I will see you there in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you want to live forever? Um, I get very attached to people. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm going to give a really deep answer to this. I struggle okay. with death and losing people. Um, I get very attached to people. When someone means something to me, um, I, I, I don't ever want to lose them. Um, so there we are. Wasn't the answer you were thinking. But yeah, I, I know you're going to say, but if I'm living forever, yeah, they would aren't, die but anyway. But are other people going to die? <laughs> Maybe I'm just saying I love I mean, I don't mean, get me to get morbid here, but you're going to, you'll live forever, but. Good point, Gina. That was a very blonde moment I just had there. <laughs> Maybe you want them to live forever. Yeah, yeah. Everyone lives forever in my in my dream. In my what I'll tell you, so, as yeah. a scientist and as an as an atheist, I'll tell you, I don't think this is the last stop. So I love that optimism. No, you can't. We're energy at our purest form. We are current. We are electrical current at our purest form, and you cannot you can't squash that. So you are separating the soul from the brain, like an energy force from the brain that essentially. Why is can't it be? Why can't it be the same thing? Why can't we view our soul as the energy that we are? Maybe we just call it a soul. But wow, this is we getting, are getting deep. This is we getting, getting deep. really deep. Let's. Uh, we're going to have to come back because it's time for us to wrap this up. Um, my friend Nick, if people want to reach out to you connect with you what is i know what the best ways are but let's tell our listeners the best ways to connect with you yeah linkedin and then i'm also on tiktok uh, as you're at, at tiktok stop yeah, it sure. no no tiktok's great at sales pitching at sales pitching on tiktok uh linkedin and then uh follow the demo stack linkedin page i can't announce yet but there's something huge happening we're going to be a content machine edutainment coming out of our ears and eyeballs follow the demo stack wait page. i want a piece of that well, when this is over, I'll tell you, we're going to have a conversation. Stop oh. recording, Susanna. 
It's going to be after hours. All right. All right. Well, sure. we've, we're going, we're going uh, into the after hours portion of this show. Sorry, listeners, you don't get to come with us. We're going to travel in time. So, uh, Warners, thanks for listening to this episode of The Women Your Mother Warns You About, brought to you by Sales Gravy. Thanks, Nick, for being on this show. And thank you to my co-host, Susanna Gray-Jones. For more information about this show, womenyourmotherwarnsyourabout.com. Yes, I know I need to update the website. We're working on it uh, to replace one blonde with the other blonde. <laughs> I know Susanna so I'm just a piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing, just teasing. And for more information about Sales Gravy, go to salesgravy.com. Thanks again, Nick. Goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Susanna. Ciao. Goodbye, Warners. We're out of here. No one remembers. <laughs> Were you guys drunk? I mean, what's going on? What is going on? <laughs>